It's the first Prez Monday check-in. We'll have a chat, but not spill tea. Hey, it's the first Prez Monday check-in. We got the Bible and Greg and me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to yet another edition of the Monday check-in. My name is Damon Jensen-Heitman. I am one of the pastors at First Presbyterian Church Hastings, joined by... Greg Allen Pickett, the other pastor at First Presbyterian Church in Hastings, Nebraska, coming to you from uh, COVID isolation. Woohoo! Yeah, fun stuff. Everyone wants to know, so how are you feeling? I'm all right. It's like I got a bad head cold, so... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm follow, following the CDC guidelines, five days in quarantine, and then I'll do, uh, so long as I'm not having any symptoms and have a negative test, I'll do five days wearing a mask after that and hopefully not share this with anyone else. Cause it's not really the kind of thing that you want to share with other people. <laughs> no, not, no, you can keep that all to yourself. You can be as uh, greedy as you want about that. That's just fine. Yeah. So far, nobody else in my household has developed symptoms, so we celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah. yeah, that's good. So there were I um, during the welcome on Sunday. I shared with the congregation why I was doing the welcome and not you. And there were looks of of chagrin uh, on folks' uh, faces. So they uh, people are are empathizing. Yeah, having worked so hard to try not get this for so long, um, uh, you know, I think it's it's hard to say. It feels Mm -hmm. like probably all of us are going to end up getting this at one point or another, and it's just uh, it's part of life, I suppose. I suppose, Um, and also one might um, one might presume that part of the reason why your symptoms are 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 staying relatively mild. That you're vaccinated, you're boosted, you you know have have, and that was the whole purpose of that is to prevent people getting really sick uh, yeah. from it. So, yeah, and I do thank and, God for the uh, scientists and the doctors that created that uh, medicine that are the the vaccines and boosters that helped me. And yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. and it makes you less likely to spread it as well and so so that's good so and and we're continuing to do responsible things so that's also good trying our best yeah and not probably not just responsible but um, actually loving things and um yeah considerate of other things i suppose yeah and that's like i this is graduation weekend for Hastings College, and I'm I'm the preacher for baccalaureate, and also uh, giving the prayer at graduation. And I will wear a mask, and I feel like I, I mean, I don't want to dampen anyone's graduation weekend, but I <laughs> giving them COVID would certainly dampen the graduation weekend. So I'd prefer to hey. prefer to be safe. I mean. <laughs> If the preacher at baccalaureate wearing a mask is enough to dampen their graduation weekend, then uh, what? I mean, if it wasn't that, it was going to be something else, right? Like, fair enough. Oh, the chair was sitting too far away from the other thing, and that ruined my weekend. I, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, if that Speaking was going to do it. They're going to find something. 
Yeah. We're going to need to wrap by 11 so that you can go help lead the walkthrough of Baccalaureate since I'm stuck here and you're there. Mm -hmm. That felt like a gentle nudge. Indeed. (laughs) (laughs) You read my signal well and then named it. Nice job, David. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm also uh, kind of ignoring it. Uh, A professor in seminary who uh, one of her big things, Barbara Ann Keeley was her name, probably still is. Um, one of her big things was making that make the implicit explicit. That's what she would say all the time. So I just made the implicit explicit there. Um, so you did. yeah, the Monday check-in for those who don't know, uh, <laughs> eventually Greg and I will take a, a look at what kind of preview one, maybe two of the scriptures that we're going to use for the upcoming Sunday at first Pres Hastings have a little bit of a chat about those, some of the themes, some of the questions related to them and to us and all of the in-between. And then we switch gears and we share a little bit about the life of the church, what's going on at First Pres Hastings. So um, I think it's maybe my turn to open with a word of prayer. Carry on. Yeah. Loving and gracious God, as we gather to, st- to look at your word, to examine your word, to begin to consider what, might, what it might mean for us um, in this particular time, in these particular locations, I ask that your spirit might be with us, that you might open our hearts and our eyes to your holy word. In your gracious and loving name we pray. Amen. Amen. We have a, a passage from Acts, Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11, verses 1 through 18 here. And it's a summary of a passage that I made reference to uh, kind of vaguely a couple of weeks ago in a sermon. It has to do with uh, Peter, now an apostle of Jesus, no longer just a disciple of, well, still a disciple, but now also an apostle um, of Jesus, uh, receiving a vision from God. And in this passage, Peter uh, is telling others about the vision that he, that he had. So, uh, and I read something like this. Now the apostles and the believers who were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also accepted the word of God. So when Peter went up to Jerusalem, the circumcised believers, the the non-Gentile believers, criticized him saying, why did you go to uncircumcised men and eat with them? Then Peter began to explain it to them step by step saying, I was in the city of Joppa praying. And in a trance, I saw a vision. There was something like a large sheet coming down from heaven, being lowered by its four corners. And it came close to me. As I looked at it closely, I saw four-footed animals, beasts of prey, reptiles, and birds of the air. I also heard a voice saying to me, get up, Peter, kill and eat. But I replied, by no means, Lord, for nothing profane or unclean has ever entered my mouth. But a second time, the voice answered from heaven, what God has made clean, you must not call profane. This happened three times. Then everything was pulled up again to heaven. At that very moment, three men sent to me from Caesarea arrived at the house where we were. The spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. These six brothers also accompanied me, and we entered the man's house. He told us how he had seen the angel standing in his house and saying, Send to Joppa and bring Simon, who is called Peter. 
He will give you a message by which you and your entire household will be saved. And as, and as I began to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them. Um, sorry, I lost my place. The Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. And I remembered the word of the Lord, how he said, how he had said, John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. If then God gave them the same gift that he gave us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could hinder God? When they heard this, they were silenced and they praised God saying, then God has given even to the Gentiles, the repentance that leads to life. There ends that reading. Um, do you just want to talk about that one? Do you want to throw in this John one or? I mean, I think we'll read the John one in church and I'll probably reference it in the sermon and it's short. Let's go ahead and drop that one in there and then we'll come back. Okay. To this one. So John 13, 31 through 35. When, uh, when he had gone out, I assume that he, there is Jesus. Uh, when he had gone out, Jesus said, now the son of man has been glorified and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Good luck with that sentence. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And as I have said to the Jews, so I now say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a commandment that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Greg, what do you got? Well, uh, this Acts story is uh, certainly a vivid one, is it not? And uh, you, you said this, Damon, that this is actually repeated twice. It, the, the, the actual vision occurs in Acts 10, and it's narrated in Acts 10. And then here in Acts 11, you've got Peter repeating the vision um and so and it's rare that you would have the same story back to back in the same book of the bible one one chapter like the gospels repeat stories you'll find a, a particular parable in mark and also in luke but rarely do you find the same parable in mark one chapter right after the other you, you know and so all of which to say this is pretty important um i think <laughs> Yeah, there's not a lot of instances where in the Gospels, like we get a little piece of text that says uh, Jesus was in this town and this happened. And then Jesus went to this next town and he said, hey, guys, listen to what just happened to me and then recounts the story. Uh, yeah, you don't you don't get a lot of that. Right. And so I think the repetition is in there for a reason, because it's absolutely fundamental to the core of the gospel and particularly the gospel as proclaimed by Jesus in that. Jesus came for everyone. And so there is an, there is a, 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 a radical welcome here where we're no longer making a distinction between Jewish people and as the scripture uses Gentiles or, or non-Jewish people. And that's a big, big deal because kind of up until this point, most thought that this this new Jesus movement was for converted Jews. And this is the point where Peter has the revelation that it's now been extended to the whole world. 
Um, and, and I think that's why it's repeated twice because the writer of Acts attributed to Luke had to make sure this message got through to the people that uh, we've, we've now blown open the gates of this thing. And this good news, this gospel is for everyone. Um, I liked the, the line. I should have highlighted it like you did there. Um, but uh, let's see if I can find it again. Oh, the spirit is at verse 12, chapter 11, verse 12. The spirit told me to go with them and not to make a distinction between them and us. And that may be the, the title of my sermon, a distinction between them and us, question mark. Uh, because to me, this is such an important part of the message. And then our job as interpreting this passage 2000 years later is who, who are the them and us yeah. that we are making a distinction between that this passage should remind us that we've got to knock that off. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That who are we othering um, for, for lack of a better term? Yeah. And this, I mean, this, this is, this passage really relates centrally to, to one of the f- fundamental questions of, well, the newer Testament and, and the book, the Acts of the Apostles in particular, who is, G- who is Jesus for? Right. What do, what do we do? How do we interpret? What is the meaning of this Jesus event that we've experienced? Um, and, and both Paul and Peter have these, had they have these like paradigm shift experiences um, where, you know, Paul is running around his is maybe more dramatic. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but you know, Paul is running around as, you know, saying like this, this Jesus thing doesn't mean anything. And any of the followers of Jesus are, are heretics and, and should be brought up on charges. And he has this experience on the road to Damascus and comes to see things in an entirely different way. And, and Peter also here is having this moment where he's coming to see things and in, in an entirely different way. And I, I think it's interesting that he's depicted as, as reflecting back on this experience um, and sharing that experience with others that, that there's a, a part of a faith journey that um, we're, I think we're always kind of going back and revisiting things that we pieces of doctrine maybe that we inherited or experiences that we had uh, and, and re-examining that. And, Oh, I wonder, is that, that's what that meant to me then. Is that still what that means to me now? Or have I gained some new experience from someplace else that, uh, that it helps me to see that in a, in a different way. I, I like that sort of example of, let me, let me go back and take it and take another look at this um, as well. Yeah. We use a, a phrase. Uh, I think it was Martin Luther that coined the phrase. Um, and in Latin it's uh, reformata semper reformata segum verbu 
Dios, which is reformed and always reforming according to the word of God. And that our faith, God is going to be revealing God's self to us in new ways throughout our lifetimes. And so our faith, our understanding of God and our understanding of our relationship to God and our relationship to others in light of our understanding to God will be reformed, is reformed and will always be reforming grounded in the word of God. And so in this case, uh, Peter has a reformed, he, his faith is reforming an ongoing yeah. process. All of a sudden, his vision has gone from, I'm supposed to go help Jewish people see about this Jesus movement to, I'm supposed to go help everybody outside, inside and outside the Jewish community understand this Jesus movement. It's a big deal. It's a huge paradigm shift, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, and I suppose to maybe help folks um, understand the vision. The vision is related to to dietary laws, um, right? Uh, and so the animals. Peter is hungry. <laughs> he's been in, in prayer, and and he's hungry, and this sheet descends with potential food for him uh but the potential food is um there is um they're what would have been thought of as unclean animals according to jewish dietary restrictions yep Mm -hmm. yep Uh, and so so you know and god is saying like get up like eat you're hungry (laughs) eat here's some here's some food for you uh and peter is saying like I've never eaten uh, unclean food, and I'm not gonna. St- why would I start now? And, and so, like, don't don't call profane what I have called uh, non-profane, whatever the quote is. <laughs> but and there's st- there's a lot of things um, going on in the passage that we don't necessarily understand um or understand the implication i suppose that these folks are from caesarea Uh, that doesn't mean anything to us but that would mean that they are gentiles they're they're not these are not jewish folks uh who coming and seeking out this jewish religious leader and if i'm not mistaken we go back to acts 10 it's actually a roman centurion from caesarea and so we have a connection then to uh the roman empire a non-Jewish Roman Empire person, and again, Peter's eyes are being opened that this this Jesus movement is for them as well, uh, and so that's that's an important distinction. And then, like, just to double down on this, uh, starting at sixteen, uh, and I remember that the word of the Lord, how He had said, "John baptizes water, but you will be baptized by the Spirit." Oh no, right, 15. And as I begin to speak, the Holy Spirit fell upon them just as it had upon us at the beginning. So this is a reference to Pentecost Mm -hmm. where the Holy Spirit descended and gave birth to the church. And Peter's acknowledging that that same Holy Spirit that came upon that initial church community at the Pentecost moment is also coming upon these folks who are, again, Gentiles, outsiders, foreigners, and Peter's having this revelation and explaining this revelation to the other folks, the other apostles of now this thing is bigger than that. And our call is to continue 
to share this radical welcome and love with everyone, not limiting it to just a select few, right? Because at the beginning of the passage, we read the apostles and believers uh, were upset, criticizing Peter, saying, why do you go and eat with non-Jewish men? And Peter's like, here's here's what happened. Let me break it down for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I had this experience. God revealed God's self in a new way to me. And now I know that our call as followers of Jesus, as followers of the way, is so much bigger. And that God has given, even to the Gentiles, this repentance that leads to new life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a, there's a willingness in this passage uh, for, of everyone to reconsider, right? You know, verse 18 says, When they heard this, they were silenced, and they praised God, saying, Then God has given even to the Gentiles the repentance that leads to life, right? That uh, We know you, Peter. We trust you. And... And, and we too are willing to change and to grow and, and to shift our, our thinking also. It strikes me also there's a relational component to this as well. Um, it, that Peter has this experience of the spirit of God falling upon people, right? That, and maybe he would say, you know, like, I wouldn't have believed it either, but I've, but I've seen, I've experienced it. I've spent time with these folks. I had, I traveled with them from this place to this place and they were kind along the way or, you know, those sorts of things. And, and so now I can't, my mind and my heart can't be closed to that possibility anymore because I've had, there's a human interaction involved in this as well, right? If Peter had gone along with these guys and they were jerks of the whole way, <laughs> then, then maybe he would wonder and, and still question, right? But, but he goes along with it. He's open to it. And, and it leads to this amazing experience. And, and so his hand, his heart can't, quite close and i think in this in the same way that maybe it used to maybe close is not the right metaphor but um and i'm i'd highlighted in our little thing i'm struck by this i think this is who was i that i could hinder god right that the sense of humility in that is is palpable and who am i that i can say who god loves and who god doesn't love I, I, I hope that God loves me, but I don't even know that for sure. Um, I, 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 I appreciate the humility in that question. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's uh, the theme, the theme of the Presbyterian general assembly in 2018 was draw the welcome circle wider. And I think that this is a perfect example of that call that every time we think the welcome circle for the faith is this big, it's this big. And we just got to keep drawing it wider and wider. And this is Peter's uh, smack in the face reminder of that. There's a, Peter mentions that this vision happens to him three times. I just preached last week on 
three things that happened to Peter getting asked by Jesus, do you love me? Which again, mirrors Peter's denial of Jesus three times. There's probably a reason that, that, that you're seeing these repeated numbers, right? Uh, to help us connect these stories. And so this, this connects to the passage that we read in the gospel of John. It connects, as Damon said, uh, Damon preached on Acts 5 here a few weeks ago, where Peter was so sure of himself about what the call was to grow the church. And it was focused exclusively on the Jewish community. Yeah. And here, and then in Acts 10, all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is so much bigger than just that. And Peter's open to having his, his paradigm shifted by God, right? Reformed and always reforming according to the word of God. And that's, that's what we got going on here. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me think of, um, reformer always reforming um there's um i think it was i think his name was john robinson um who i looked at i just looked it up the way that i remember it is um there is yet more light and truth to break forth from god's holy word and the actual quote seems to be i am verily persuaded the lord hath more truth yet to break forth out of his holy word um, uh, but in in more contemporary language there is yet more light and truth to break forth from God's holy word. Yeah. Yeah. God is revealing God's self to us in new ways each and every day. If we are attuned to it and open to listening to it as Peter was here. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that discovering that what that, what the more light and truth might be, I think hinges upon our willingness to be, reflective to be self-reflective to be uh, humble, humble uh, to be somewhat critical of the faith that we have inherited like to ask questions um like, there's a there's an active process involved in it um i think very few of us just well you mentioned this on confirmation sunday like i'm not aware of the confirmands being uh, struck blind and and hearing the voice of God saying to them, I'm aware of them studying scripture and I'm aware of them having conversations and I'm aware of them working with mentors and and all of those things seem to have led to thoughtful uh, and insightful statements of faith. But it was an active process. And I think it's an active process for Peter here as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, should we switch gears? Yeah, let's uh, let's do that. Um, oh wait, hold on. Do you think it'll preach? <laughs> I think there's something in there that'll preach. Okay, okay. Now let's switch gears. All right. Um, life of the church uh, continues to just uh, be going great. Uh, we're going to continue our eight thirty contemplative Tuesday style service for two more weeks. So this Sunday, which I believe is the 15th, and then the following Sunday, which is the 22nd, and then that will, um, the Tuesday service will go on pause for the summer. And uh, we, our Christian ed schedule has ended for the year. Uh, We had our final Sunday school this week, final adult ed forums and all that stuff. And so uh, we we go on break now for the summer, so no Christian Ed. Which uh, you know what that means? It means the Tuesday service can run over a little bit. 
you you let the Tizea tenders know that on Sunday morning. <laughs> um, so I mean, it it could run over a lot a bit. Why? why just, right. why just service could run a full hour and a half if we wanted it to. <laughs> If any of our Tizay attendees are listening, I won't do that. I promise. <laughs> the hour and a half thing. I mean, so um, yeah, we were also winding down uh, our weekly programming. So this Wednesday is the last uh, Wednesday at live, except that it's going to be held in Libs Park, where we're going to have a picnic. Uh, this is also the last sun or last Wednesday that our our choirs will be meeting and so chancel choirs end of the year gathering will be wednesday may 11th in the fellowship hall and uh yeah it's uh we're 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 winding down the programmatic year but we're going to be ramping up a lot of other exciting things this summer so stay tuned for that we have a a joint pentecost service in the park on june 5th we have cool music that's going to happen every sunday in june a jazz sunday a bluegrass sunday and a folk Sunday. And then uh, we carry on from there. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so folks can be on the lookout newsletter bullets and all those sorts of things uh, for some, some more in-depth details about that. So uh, I'll just, I'll put in one uh, final plug. We had a nice turnout for the, for the last forum of the year with, with Dr. Dorothy Dean on Sunday morning and that she talked about uh, Christianity and the climate crisis and the role of uh, uh, how grief may be helpful in in our response to to the uh, to the world we live in, I suppose. And so, if folks are interested in that, that is up on our YouTube page. So, so folks can check can check that out and check out the previous ones if they missed those as well. So, excellent. Anything else? I I think that's that seems like enough for now. We don't want to overwhelm people, you know? That's true. Yeah. I just realized that the paint color behind me is very close to my skin tone. <laughs> uh, what's the, you know? It's camouflage. It's like a green screen. It's <laughs> chameleon-esque. Indeed. All right. I'll close us <laughs> with that. I'll close us with a word of prayer. <laughs> And you'll have to forgive my COVID-addled brain. All right, let's uh, let's let's pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for this opportunity to come together and to study your holy word and the call that it places on our lives. Thank you for the examples you've given us in folks like Peter, who uh, who can have a great deal of enthusiasm and certainty, and then also have an open heart and mind to hear how you may be speaking to them in new and exciting ways. May we have that same level of openness to the new and exciting ways you might be speaking to us, God. May we continue to ponder on this strange story of the sheet with the animals on it throughout the week and think about how it might be calling us to acts of radical welcome and hospitality as it did for Peter. We ask all this in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, with all those things said and done, until next time, toodaloo.